Imagine beauty, something beautiful, like a butterfly or a rainbow. The climate revolution should be about beauty, raising a flag of positivity, optimism, celebration. But how could we? You might be saying the way things are going. We're getting deeper and deeper into this mess of misinformation and lies and war in the Middle East and pressure is rising, prices keep going up, cost of living, temperature graphs are going up as well. It's it's like it's getting out of control. How bad is it? We are rapidly reaching the point of no return for the planet. We face a triple environmental emergency biodiversity loss, climate disruption, and escalating pollution. We need a revolution. Revolutionary thinking, revolutionary action. How'd you end up in here? Oh, well, I tried to start a revolution, but didn't print enough pamphlets, so hardly anyone turned up, except for my mum and her boyfriend, who I hate. But I'm actually organizing another revolution. I don't know if you'd be interested in something like that. Do you reckon you'd be interested? The climate revolution. This is the sixth episode of The Climate Revolution, a podcast series where we constantly are on the lookout for ideas for the climate grail. Uh, so uh, anything that you could do to, uh, to help would be very helpful. We didn't actually need a university study to tell us this, but now we have one. Thank you, Griffith University. A study which has found that when it comes to climate, most Australians are not listening to the climate scientists. They'll just look out the window and say something like, nah, I think the weather looks all right. But hey, mate, it's not. It's not all right. The climate crisis costs $25 million every hour in extreme weather damage. If you put all the numbers together worldwide, that's more than $600 million of damage every day. That's not all right. It adds up to more than $4 billion when the week is gone. And on a yearly basis, that's more than $222 billion. This is from a study they did at Victoria University in Wellington, in New Zealand. And it gets worse. This is still peanuts compared to what's coming, actually, according to the researchers. Starvation of more than a billion people. A world in war, says Julian Allwood, who's a professor of engineering and the environment at Cambridge University in England. This is London calling. What we've done with one of my cheery PhD students who worked on the question, how will society collapse if we don't act on climate change, is to try and predict for every country in the world uh, whether they will, by the end of the century, be able to access enough food through growing it or through having enough money to buy it. And it turns out that round the equator, most countries will not. So not acting on climate change means that there is a risk in the countries of Africa and Asia near the equator not just a risk, a very high probability that not acting means starvation of more than a billion people by the end of this century. 
We can't have that number of people starving and retaining world peace. They're not going to stay still. They're going to migrate north to where the food is. And we can't cope with migration on that scale. So not acting on climate change means a certain world war in the lifetime of anybody born from now onwards, uh, the, by the end of this century. Uh, not acting means that our world will change. Acting means our world will change, but my preference is to act now so that we don't have the impossible to imagine suffering that will come from not acting. And all of this urgency has led to headlines now that look something like this. New climate debate, how to adapt to the end of the world. From the Bloomberg Business Week online. Researchers are thinking about social collapse and how to prepare for it. Humanity as we know it will be wiped from the face of the earth. But this frightening future is not a story that's being told in mainstream media. Not at all. The only way we're going to get anywhere with solving some of these big problems we have in society is if a lot of people come together in agreement that this is what needs to happen. Imagine, just for a moment, if we could start on a fresh. And here I speak as a climate action campaigner. Where should we begin if we were to do it all over again? We're not going to get all the rising graphs and this climate emergency under control unless a majority in the population understands what the problem is and are in agreement about how we will go the same way, the decarbonizing, circular, earth-protecting way to fix it. But what's going to connect us, rather than divide us? That's where Thijs Bonekamp from Holland comes in with a new idea, or rather, a new design idea. I have seen the grail! No grail here. I have seen it! I have seen it! But there is one small problem. It's a sim- It's a very simple idea. It's one rectangle. It's one, one circle. That's it. Um, but there's so much to it now. And it leads to all kinds of places, all kinds of discussions, giving workshops, presentations, having a conversation much like this one. Um, it's a big adventure for me. I think it, it makes sense for me to be doing this, to uh, hopefully add something leave something behind for my kids as well. Uh, it's not about us, it's about the next generation. Thijs Bonekamp is 45. He's a graphic designer from Harlem in the Netherlands, where he lives together with his partner Hilde and their two children, aged 15 and 11. Thijs grew up with a lot of nature around him, but since art school and later on when he moved his design studio to Amsterdam, he's mostly been surrounded by city life. Today he lives in Amsterdam where he works together with four colleagues at a studio for visual communication called Ape to Zebra. I was once asked by somebody from the nature department of the Dutch ministry to help out with some storytelling around biodiversity. And that got me thinking, do we really need more stories? Do we need more angles? Do we need more messages on this Uh, huge problem that we have? The, the the climate crisis and I was wondering if if that would really help a lot if people uh, are waiting for more messaging around this it's it's so complex and and so so vast 
it might be better to make it more simple to uh, instead of uh, creating a new campaign create some sort of symbol that could that could help people to uh, connect with to recognize themselves in and to tie all these stories together and um, as a graphic designer i'm quite used to zooming in and out on our clients on their business on their cause on uh, on their uh, problem that they have and I was looking at this uh, question from the ministry and I, I, thought, I thought, why don't we zoom out on this? And, and why don't we zoom out all the way, uh, just like uh, astronauts? And, and Carl Sagan uh, had made this uh, incredible video when he was six billion kilometers away from the Earth, I think. He looked back at the Earth and seeing how tiny and fragile it really is. This tiny blue dot. It's a it's a great video. You can uh, find it on YouTube very easily. A pale blue dot. It's called. From this distant vantage point, the Earth might not seem of any particular interest, but for us, it's different. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know. Everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on the mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. This is uh, what got, got me thinking, okay, so this is what we need. We need, we need some sort, sort of symbol similar to the rainbow flag it's a it's an open symbol everybody can relate to it who wants to um why don't we make a flag for the earth and um it was this simple idea that uh, i presented also to them and they liked it at first but uh, uh didn't uh, take part in the, in further development of the flag um which i don't mind now i'm, I'm very happy to uh, have gone through with it by myself, ourself, I should say, we're with a small team now. And um, I started to design the flag, a flag for the earth. Um, and I called it the blue dot because of Carl Sagan's video. And it's just a simple green rectangle with a blue dot on it, um, symbolizing our planet. When I looked into flags and flags for the earth, because there are many more uh, attempts to create flags for the earth, it's it's interesting to see all the different angles that, that you can have on this. There's flags that uh, uh, will present represent the earth to uh, aliens, for instance, or uh, uh, flags that want to um, uh, combine everything and everyone on this planet and and this flag is a bit different it's just to 
represent the earth um, and its uh, and its uh, um, fragile health that that it's in right now. So it's a symbol for everyone who who feels the same worry, who wants to have something to connect to. It's free to use for everyone who feels who feels connected to this uh, to this beautiful planet and yeah, who wants to protect it or uh, or help it through these uh, complex uh, times that we are in right now. All personnel, the evacuation order has been confirmed. So you're saying in a way that it's something that we can unite around. Here's a flag that we can sort of stand under and then say, this is what we are about. Exactly. Uh, all flags do that, more or less. But uh, like, like uh, the flags for countries, every country is represented by a flag. And it, the flag helps them to claim their uh, uniqueness, their beauty, their wealth. But this flag uh, represents the earth, the entire earth and every living creature on it. Because I think the country flags also prevent from people from seeing the bigger picture. It's also creating differences between the countries. And um, with that, it stops everyone to uh, really see that bigger picture. Um, hopefully this flag will help in that sense. How could that happen? Much like the rainbow flag, I think if you see it hanging in the streets at your local football club, um, in a parade or every anywhere, you know these people carrying this flag feel the same way about this issue. And um, if people don't recognize the flag, but ask you what it stands for, you have a good conversation about it. So it's about raising awareness. It's about growing the awareness, the the uh, the idea that we need to overcome our local issues, our our personal and individual issues, and and think about the bigger picture. Now I'm standing. You all happy? We're all standing up now. Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. I'd like to see a greater sense of global citizenship and not national citizenship. Um, you know, that's potentially where we need to go. And the more flags you see around you, the more blue dot flags you see around you, the more you become aware that it's something we cannot overlook anymore. I, I really hope it's a unifying symbol. It's not a it's not a symbol of of fighting against others. It's a it's a symbol of of um, getting on the same uh, path of of traveling together towards this better future for the planet, and and therefore for us for ourselves and for our children. What kind of message do you want to give to your kids? You want to have some sort of hope for them that there is a future that is better for them than the situation that we are in right now. And that's why I hope this flag, this blue dot is not only unifying, but also a symbol of hope and of a more positive outlook. About 10 years ago, I was very inspired by a statement. Uh, I was interviewing the person who was at that time the chairman of the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. His name was Pachauri and he lived in India. And he told me, we're all citizens on planet Earth and there's no other place we can go. 
Carl Sagan says the same thing in that video. Uh, we don't have an alternative. It's just this bl tiny blue dot, and we have to uh, be able to uh, uh, make it work here. There's no, there's no way out. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. So isn't there a risk that the flag gets misused in the sense that what if groups that you really don't like, let's say fossil fuel companies started using the flag? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a question I've heard a lot uh, and it's understandable because uh, uh, greenwashing is a problem, uh, misuse of, of symbols is a problem. And we will see when we get there how to find it. I think one of uh, the ways to prevent it is to take it slow and, and make sure the flag is everywhere. And it's not uh, it, so it it's almost impossible to be uh, owned up by someone or uh, some organization because it's everywhere already. And the, the benefit of taking it slow is that it allows the flag to spread all over the world before some big organization tries to uh, claim it. So uh, the bottom-up strategy. The bottom-up strategy, definitely. And that's why I'm also, uh, in the end, uh, not too sad that the, the Dutch ministry didn't come along on this journey, because I think when it's connected to any government already, it's not bottom-up anymore. And um, I'm very happy that it, that it uh, is where it is right now. Now, I read just recently a British environmentalist, he wrote on Twitter, which is now called X, that the opening of yet another new oil field out in the North Sea would be like an act of war against all life on Earth. And I thought, hmm, that's exactly, you know, when you need flags is when you go to war. But is this a war flag just as well? I I got a call from Extension Rebellion uh, half a year ago when they wanted to uh, block the highway here in the Netherlands, and they asked me if I if they could bring the blue dot to the to their uh, actions. And of course, it's the flag is for everyone who tries to protect the earth. So also for Extension Rebellion, and they can they can bring the flag and uh, do whatever they think is needed to uh, uh, to stop or change things. Um, that said, I, I, I hope the flag is, it has a more positive feel to it than to bring to a war there, you know, you need, you need your fights, uh, fighting the big systems, fighting governments, fighting, uh, oil companies. Uh, but that said, I'd like to have this, I, I, I hope this flag will become a symbol of hope and, and unifying instead of, um, differentiation or or uh, uh, problem unite in a national effort to save from destruction 
all that makes life itself worth living, and preserve for future generations those liberties and institutions which others have bequeathed to us. I'm a designer. I have a lot of designer friends. Um, and as soon as I mentioned this idea and uh, showed them my first design, and um, all of them, no, not all of them, but a lot of them said, oh, okay, that's interesting, that's interesting. And they'll start thinking about this design of a flag for the earth. Uh, and, and I have, I have on my, on my laptop, I have, uh, I think, 40 to 50 alternative designs for the same flag because uh, when, uh, as a designer, you hear a good idea, you, you start to think about it and think, oh, this, you could try it this way or that way. And, and we, um, so we tried it quite a few times um, uh, to improve the design. But ultimately, it stayed with the initial one, which is just the, the green rectangle with the blue dot on there, inspired by the Japanese flag, with the same ratio, the size of the dot compared to the rectangle, uh, but then with its own colors. So we And then we had a big study about which blue, which green should we use. Um, uh, and one of the good things of the flag that it is now, that during climate marches, the bright green and uh, and the firm blue stand out in a crowd enormously so you can see a blue dot flag from from a mile away and also even within a, a, a field of people carrying all different flags you'll you'll still see the blue dot quite clearly which is good of course so that's about the design and then the production uh, i looked around and i saw that actually this recycled plastic bottles uh, fabric is some sort of a standard in uh, in in the flag industry, and I'm happy that they use recycled plastic, of course. Um, but still, it's plastic, and if you have a flag out there every day, it will, by the wind, tear down bit by bit, and then you'll uh, start to uh, spread microplastics, uh, and that, of course, I don't like. So, one of the issues that we're trying to to uh, solve is is can we use a, um, a more biodegradable fabric based on hemp or any other natural uh, uh, ingredient and um, this is but it's quite interesting to uh, see how much trouble that gives us to uh, find a, a production company that wants to even try it the production method of this uh, recycled uh, bottle uh, fabric is so optimized and it's very uh, uh, there's a long lifetime, so that's also good in a way. Um, but it's such a standard that it's hard to find anyone who wants to uh, try differently. So if if anyone listens to this podcast and thinks uh, he can do better, please uh, he or she can do better. Please uh, get get in contact and uh, let's talk, because I think we can we we could do better maybe. Um, new fabrics are being developed. Uh, every day and uh, hopefully there's one that's uh, not made out of plastic and better for the earth than plastic is and of course it might it might uh, it not last as long with uh, as the plastic flag but then that's what it is um, and it also depends on how you use it if you if you use it only on um, the day of the earth april 22nd for instance then it it won't tear down as much, of course. Uh, if you uh, if you have it outside of your house every day, like my parents do, for instance, then it uh, it only lasts uh, half a year. 
uh, and that's not good because um, uh, then the, the the plastics will spread in nature. Mm. And we live in a time now where the weather is not behaving well, so we get more and more storms. Exactly, and more wind, and uh, uh, the flag will. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so are your family, your parents, getting feedback around the flag? Yes, or? they are actually uh, one of my top uh, uh, salespeople. They uh, they uh, they sell the flag quite often because uh, they live alongside a, a, a walking path, and uh, and they have a sign outside explaining what the flag stands for. And uh, based on that, they uh, get a lot of requests, and they have uh, they have their own stock of flags, so they can sell the flags uh, without me helping or interfering, or they don't have to wait; they can just sell the flag, which is very good. You also have a foundation behind it. What's that? Yeah. Um, so, how do you how do you launch a symbol or a flag that is actually not your flag, but a flag for everyone? How do you do that? This is, is such an interesting question, and I still don't have all the answers to this. But what I did need to in order to be able to order three uh, hundred flags, for instance, to have some sort of stock and make it more affordable to uh, uh, to sell the sell the flags, is to have some sort of uh, organization behind it to receive invoices to send out uh, flags and so i started this foundation it's a non-profit and it's uh, merely there to um, for organizational purposes around the flag and the interesting aspect of it is that i want to keep the flag as open to interpretation as possible uh, so people don't if once Let's say this foundation becomes a big foundation, a big organization like the WWF, for instance. Then it's also easy, or maybe it becomes then the flag, the logo of my organization. And I don't want that. I just want it to be a flag. And uh, the foundation is there, but it's it's merely uh, a transactional thing. And it, from the organization, I can do uh presentations and workshops around the flag and so it's it's convenient to have the foundation but um hopefully the flag lives its own life and the foundation is in the background of this what got you to this point of even wanting to do something like this it was a gradual process i think uh, in 2016 15 16 our design agency had some big corporate companies that we worked for and we did a lot of things for them. They were only interested in uh, making as much profit as possible and they didn't really uh, care about um, uh, how we got there as long as the as the numbers were good. And um, this didn't feel right after a certain uh, amount of time. So we decided to, um, to uh, say goodbye to them and and find new clients that that matched our design interest better, which is companies that will have a bigger ambition about uh, what they do, uh, organizations that have a bigger ambition than uh, than, than just making money, or um, they want to improve the quality of life or the quality of the planet, uh, for that matter. So. First, as a design agency, we were on this path of of choosing our clients more carefully. 
And then after having this conversation with uh, the ministry uh, or the nature department, uh, it led to this idea. And still, I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest climate activist that was around, but I had this idea. And, and immediately, it's it literally in the middle of the night, I woke up and I, I said to, my, to Hilde, uh, my partner, I said, it needs to be a flag. It needs to be a flag. And and seeing that, seeing that how we could help as designers, but just creating some symbol like this, adding hopefully something uh, to uh, this big pile of communication that we already have, but maybe something that could help better with raising awareness, with connecting people, with um, with growing a conscious, a, gl a global conscious. Um, I immediately felt this is what I need to be doing. Aside from my normal design uh, clients that I have, uh, this flag can something can be something that I can contribute as a designer to this whole climate issue. And um, it's a sim it's a very simple idea. It's one rectangle. It's one one circle. That's it. Um, but there's so much to it now, and it leads to all kinds of places, all kinds of discussions giving workshops, presentations, having a conversation much like this one. Um, it's a big adventure for me. I think it, it makes sense for me to be doing this, to uh, hopefully add something, leave something behind for my kids as well. Uh, it's not about us. It's about the next generation. Um, uh, for now, it's it's. Uh, I, I really like this whole project and I, I, I can't wait to see where it ends. Christiana Figueres spoke recently in a podcast. Uh, she, she's part of a, a team that runs a podcast called Outrage and Optimism. And she spoke beautifully, published just here on the 12th of October, about that generation. You're talking about the youth, the next generations coming and so on. First of all, I should just say that Christiana Figueres, if people don't know who she is, she was, you could say, the brain behind that whole negotiation that led to that in Paris in 2015, there was a global agreement on putting some, you could say, some rules in on what levels we should not exceed when it comes to global temperature rise and so on, the 1.5 degree, the 2 degrees and, and these kind of things. So Christiana Figueres at the time was a key figure at the world level. Have a listen here, just a two-minute excerpt of, of what she said in this podcast about loss and about what that loss means to the young people. Today, let's say as of the past two to three to four years, I have been so deeply aware of another loss. And that is the loss of faith. The loss of faith, especially of so many young people who just do not believe that they have any future. So many young people who have decided we're not going to have children because we don't want to bring children into such a painful world that is degenerating and they don't want to do it to their children, to their would-be children, and they don't want to put more human pressure on the resources. And 
that loss of faith, that loss of joy, that loss in the confidence of the human and the shared non-human experience on this planet was, it just hit me like a four by four. Mm. Again, another loss. And so I remain committed to this because I'm not accepting that loss is the end of the story. I have my feet firmly in the mud of loss. And I don't think that we can deny any loss. Because then we do grief bypass, right? Oh, well, it's okay because we're going to fix it. We're going to put, I don't know, solar panels or we're going to put wind turbines or and all of which is true. And there are many technologies now that are helping us to address this. But if we are not absolutely conscious and not just conscious in our heads, but conscious in our full being of the loss that we're experiencing, that we have caused, of the grief that has taken over the global mood, then we don't have any ground to stand on. So to me, standing in that loss is the foundational capacity that we have to have the opportunity, although not the guarantee, to transform that grief and that loss. So why am I here? Because of loss. That's well said. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's exactly this uh, refusal to uh, to give up uh, any uh, form of hope. We, we, ha we have to have hope. This morning, uh, my daughter was saying the same thing, sitting next to me and talking about, I asked about the war uh, that's going on now, uh, a whole different issue, but it's the same thing. How are you discussing this in school? Are you, are, it is about hope, about not wanting to give up and about looking forward in a positive way and, and not focusing on uh, all the negative that's out there as well, both with uh, societies, but also with the climate crisis. Our daughter is 11. She's, she's very aware of the, the whole situation. Um, she's been with us to the climate marches of Amsterdam and in Rotterdam. Um, I have great pictures of her waving the flag proudly um, and she's um, she's a big fan of the flag. She she it it fits with her outlook as well. And um, she wants to be a scientist. She knows this for a year or two now, but not for not to focus on people. So she doesn't she doesn't want to waste her time on focusing on people. There's enough people doing that. We need to focus on the earth. Is what she says now. Uh, influenced, of course, by by this flag, but. But still, I'm, I'm very hopeful that if people, uh, if young people like her and others invest their time and effort uh, into improving, uh, improving the way we live, the, what we need in life and how we get all these things that we need, it can make a huge difference. I really hope that she does become a scientist.
because I'm I'm sure that'll make a make a change. And and that's also the thing with this flag. It doesn't tell you what you should do or shouldn't do uh, in order to be able to wave the flag. It's for everyone. And as long as you feel connected, you're allowed to wave the flag. There's nobody telling you when or why you can fly a, a rainbow flag, but you know when to use it and when not to use it. And it's I, I think about this blue dot flag in the same way. It's um, It's about feeling connected to it and um she does now kato does now my daughter and i'm i'm sure my son will too one at one day but uh for now uh, i'm very happy with her uh, focusing so much on it and uh, and also recognizing it as a positive sign and not as not as one of 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 st of stress and and negativity yeah so let's talk about hope for the flag itself What's the next steps for this flag? What could really break through? Could it be like at the next COP, someone took the flag up on stage and made it official that this is now the new flag for the Earth? Uh, this is actually quite interesting. You you mentioned uh, IPCC, I think. Already in the early days about this idea of the flag, I was discussing it with somebody from the Nature Department. She also mentioned IPCC. And my first one of the first ideas was, Okay, if they together formulate um, a statement about the condition of the Earth, an objective statement, because there are scientists from every country in that organization, I should send the first batch of blue dot flags to each and every scientist that is in that organization. And I've tried to get in contact with IPCC, but I didn't. I didn't. I failed because it's. The idea was then so young, uh, it's hard to uh, to recognize the quality, maybe, of such an idea. It's only when you see it or when you see it being used during a climate march that you actually uh, recognize the full potential of such a symbol. Uh, so I didn't manage um, to do so, but that still is is one of um, one of the ambitions to connect it to science, to scientists all over the world, because I think. We need that objectivity as well. Uh, it should be about hope and it should be about uh, dreaming a better future, but it should also be connected to science and to uh, to honesty. So, so taking it away from politics, taking it away from big companies, from greenwashing, um, that's where I hope the flag will go. Um, right now, there's a scientist in Brazil uh flying the, the flag proudly he's working on a wikipedia page for the flag i might do some workshops online uh or i don't know how that's also interesting uh, some workshops in in the us on universities interesting question how do you get there uh, because i don't want to fly there obviously uh, so that's that's a problem to be solved but um To connect to education is a good thing, of course. Uh, again, the future generations learning about the flag will be very, very good. Um, and initiatives like uh, the Sustainable Hour, uh, uh, picking up on the flag, uh, and which leads to podcasts like this. It's uh, it's brilliant. It's exactly what I want the flag to be doing. Slowly growing and finding its way into the world to hopefully one day become this symbol with the same magnitude or the same power as the, the rainbow flag. 
The best thing in a revolution is conscious change of consciousness and mind bombs, which are kind of visual things that reach your heart. Different from the rainbow flag or, or gender issues, of course, is, is, uh, is, is the timing issue that we have. We don't have that much time. So there's an interesting balance between growing it bottom up, uh, which is, of course, much slower than uh, to have uh, a, a big uh, flagship carrying this flag for you. So it needs to be slow. And at the same time, we have we have a deadline. And, and the faster it goes, the better it is in that sense, um, which is why it's also tempting to look for big powers to try and connect the flag to those bigger powers. Uh, but it's then again, um, against the idea of going bottom up. And I haven't solved this uh, puzzle yet. I hope it, it grows bottom up, but fast. <laughs> I don't know if that can, it can be done, but that's what I hope. Do you know how many of your flags there are in the world at the moment? Well, at the moment, I, uh, I, everybody can uh, create their own flag, obviously, okay. uh, but there are now uh, around between 150 and 200 flags spread out over six continents, I think, in over 20 countries or so. I, I lost count, or I didn't keep track of all of them, uh, for the ones that I've sent out from, from here. Um, hopefully, in a few years' time, you can just order your blue dot flag at a local print shop or a local flag. Uh, but for now, of course, it's not available anywhere. So that's why I have this uh, small stock of flags. Um, but I think it's, it's, uh, it's spreading. Um, and um, I would have hoped to uh, create a few more batches of flags already. But that's what I said, it's bottom up. So uh, it's one flag at a time or four flags at a time, maybe sometimes. <laughs> So yeah, blue dot flag in words dot org, um, and there you can download the flag as a files to create your own flag, or order it, uh, and then I'll send you one, or we'll send you one, or two. <laughs> I'm aware that uh, my sister is making sure this flag will soon be in front of a, a hotel up in the mountains in South France, yeah. as well as in front of a house in Denmark. Very good. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. I keep asking for pictures whenever I send, uh, send it out to, because that helps others also. You can see a lot of those pictures on the website uh, to see where it is already. And um, it's amazing to see the community grow. What I uh, learn is that the ones that see the flag uh, and, and uh, learn about its purpose, they become a huge fan immediately and um, want to have their own flag or start selling flags to others or so it's it, it works really well. It, the, the, the power of the symbol is it's uh, I think it, it amazes me how, how strong it is. To me, Thais, a flag is equivalent to music in a way that it speaks in its own way to us. The connection, uh, the connection to it is because there's no wording in between. There's no, there's nothing in between. It's, it's such a simple sign, and and that's where its strength comes from. It's also interesting to hear 
back from others how different their relationship with the flag is. Some do yoga with the flag because they feel it is it gives them this uh, uh, quiet. It offers them this quiet space where they can do yoga. Uh, next to the flag uh, others of course bring it to climate marches um, hang it outside of their house to celebrate their kid's birthday all of it is valid all of it works great and and the flag uh, celebrates it flags can have this uh, feeling of joy I, I can speak for that coming from denmark where we always have flags you know on the poles on our birthdays so in denmark when we see the danish flag we actually don't think of it as a national symbol at all we think of it as meaning birthday so we see that you know the the yeah. red and the white cross uh, and it means oh who's who's got a birthday here so it's very much associated with joy of course, yeah. there is also the other thing that flags can do if you put it on half. Suddenly, it means the opposite of birthday celebration. It means there's a funeral mm -hmm. here. Somebody has died. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, it's powerful. The other day, there was this big issue with uh, the farmers here in the Netherlands. We have this uh, carbon problem. Who doesn't? But we yeah. do too. And uh, farmers uh, were told they had to change their lives altogether it needs it needed uh, to be different because they were uh, part of the problem and in there they responded by taking the dutch flag the red white and blue and turning it upside down alongside highways and roads as a as some form of protest and pretty soon in the whole of the netherlands you could see the dutch flag being put upside down as if they took the Netherlands hostage uh, and and uh, created their own uh, environment with it. Luckily, the blue dot flag, you cannot put it upside down. <laughs> so it, that can be done. Um, but it's, it's, flags are powerful. They yeah. can be very, very powerful. And yeah. uh, which is very interesting to be part of this dialogue and, and to, to find out where the threats are because there are uh, people greenwashing we've discussed this uh, greenwashing uh, big companies claiming the the flag but also the the positive powers of the flag and the strength that it has during climate marches for instance it seems to me that it's some an idea whose time has come is especially the you know the unifying power and the energy that it creates it's it's people that are saying, you know, we don't have to accept this. There is something better, and this we're going to stand behind this flag to to achieve that. I'm so happy to hear this because I uh, I, I I felt the same way a, a few times now in in the, the the sense that it's that it's maybe exactly the right moment to have this flag uh, here right now. It might be true and it might actually be picked up on by a lot of people and then becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. And success close at hand. Nobody will believe it's possible until we show them. But when that day comes, you know what they'll say? They'll say that it was inevitable. There's a big need to, you know, get the awareness about what's happening to our planet 
much broader out to the population as a whole and media has failed us completely in doing that there, there could have been a lot of education happening on our public broadcasters that ought to be their role but they haven't done it so we have entire populations who are literally unaware of how serious the climate crisis is the polls that are being made actually show that people don't get it at the same time there's so much squandering and, and quarreling in the parliaments about carbon taxes and the rest. So people are both confused and they are feeling, oh, I don't want to be part of this. This is either it's too complicated or it's too hard. And, and all these different things are too, just too much. And that's where the flag comes in. Because the flag is not, you're not signing up to be part of any political party. You're not signing up for any strategy. You're just saying, I want to be part of that group of people on this planet who will protect and take better care of planet Earth. And that can be in many, many different ways. It's very open in which way you want to do it. That's up to you. So that's what the flag is saying to me. Yeah, it, it, it's both on, a, on an individual level, uh, uh, giving you uh, the power to express your feelings but also on a on a bigger level because all those dots together form a strong sign and a, and a yeah. strong message yeah. to the to uh, higher powers to to the to the politics the governments uh saying okay it's enough now most of the changes uh in uh in society come from bottom up come from uh societies that that say okay we don't want this anymore and then when the election day comes they make a difference um hopefully this is the same we have an election coming up now in november 22nd hopefully uh there also uh, a, a difference is being made um it's it's uh we have to we have to unify you have to you know join forces to uh to make a statement if one political party then takes your flag and really uses it in their campaigning, then what? Because then it becomes like a symbol for one political stance. Well, that can only be, um, if, if this flag is also somewhere else, then no political party can claim it. If the flag is also being used in Australia or in the US or in uh, Brazil, then a political party uh, just simply cannot claim the symbol, the flag. Um, that's why I hope it's it's growing bottom up and and spreading even evenly over the earth, so it doesn't you know become the sign of one political party. That said, if if it's a political party with uh, with the right ideas, uh, protecting the same planet that this flag is fighting for, then it's fine, of course, for them to also wave the, with the flag every once in a while. They just shouldn't make it their logo. Yeah, and talk about the true the values of that flag, the values that are associated with it. Yeah, so they're representing the flag, not the other way around. Exactly. You also have the EDGs, and that also comes in the form of a of a small button pin, a pin that you can put on. Uh, and there's a lot of politicians carrying this pin, saying, "Okay, we we support the EDGs and we fight for them, and we." stand by these uh, this structure of uh, of problems that we have and in the same way you i could see politicians carrying a pin of the blue dot that doesn't that that might actually be a good idea why not 
Now you know what to do next week. Investigate how you turn yeah. it into a pin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thais, it's been a really uh, a fantastic experience to speak with you and learn about the background for the flags, which are now waving for the first time in Australia. And we're excited about that. We hope we can take it somewhere with that same message as you have uh, talked about here in the Sustainable Hour. Thank you very much for having me. And it's and great to have a platform for the flag like this. It's your gift to the world and it's the world's decision now about where it goes. Exactly. It's 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 more or less out of my hands. I, I of course I, I try and help it as much as I can, but uh, it it goes where it will go. It, mm. um, I, you cannot force things like this. And do we have your approval? Because we're trying to start what we call a climate revolution. And we mean that in a positive way. There are many revolutions that are bloody and negative, but there's also very positive revolutions out there. For instance, the technological revolution that we're seeing at the moment in the solar industry, in the wind industry, and so on. Here in Australia at the moment, we're experiencing what's being called the teal revolution, which is about uh, some independent individuals who are going into politics and trying to change, in a way, politics from bottom up, coming with their personal values in and saying, we can do this different when it comes to climate. And they are speaking up big time. So what do you say to that uh, we begin to use the flag as a climate revolution flag? Would that be allowed? I think so. It, by the sounds of it, it, it looks exactly what it aims to do. So, uh, yes, please do. Yes! Oh, oh, thank oh, you. Oh, that's fine. Oh, thank you. The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe, are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known.
to be doing something that is so related to my work, to also connect it to my children in this way, to have something that is purely professional almost for me, to create something that helps to communicate a problem, but to also connect it to my children and seeing them uh, valuing this flag uh, as something that is important to them is um, is amazing. I, um, I'm so uh, happy that something so simple can help uh, in such a way, not only um, in the bigger scheme of things, but also on just to see my daughter with um, with the flag. It's uh, it's uh, it's beautiful. Something to hold on to for a better future. As simple as that. I think I think that's mainly what I hope it does for people. We don't need more knowledge, more books, more solutions, more studies. What we need is to come together and do the work. Maybe to have the courage to get up on the barricades for Earth, for life on planet Earth. And for that, we need a flag. A flag for the Earth. A flag for all those people who want to protect the Earth and life on it. And if we are to declare war on that climate monster and on those people who believe they can continue this destructive behavior of theirs, yes, we need a flag. A flag that could possibly open up a new pathway, a new way of thinking. Like Albert Einstein told us back in 1946, a new type of thinking is essential if mankind is to survive. The world we've created is a product of our thinking, and it can't be changed without changing our thinking. Which is where the climate revolution comes in. It's the one that begins in your head. There just could be a change in moral attitude from people worldwide politicians worldwide to see that self-interest is for the past, common interest is for the future. Planet Earth is 4.5 billion years old. Mankind, about 140,000 years old. Let me put that in perspective. If you condense the Earth's lifespan into 24 hours, that's one full day, then we have been here on this planet for, drum roll please, three seconds. Three seconds. And look what we've done. 
See, they want you to feel powerless, but it has been said that something as small as the flutter of a butterfly's wing can cause a typhoon halfway around the world. But when enough people come together, we too will make waves and watch the world into a new era filled with love and connection, freedom for all without oppression. But it is up to you, yes, you watching this behind this screen to make the effort because time is of the essence and only together can we make it to the fourth second.